Well, hey, everybody, and welcome to this non-episode of the podcast. Um, It's coming out on a day where we would normally have an episode of the podcast, but this isn't a regular episode, and I kind of want to tell you why. There's two reasons. There's two reasons why the last couple of weeks have just been completely crazy. Uh, One is that we have been opening up a new student center. We've been renovating a part of our church, and part of that was doing all of the AVL. Basically, when this was done, there was an empty shell of a building, and we had to put all the audio, video, and lighting uh, into the space, and we originally had that contracted out, and we were going to use a company for that, but, you know, budgets and things like that kind of came to a head. And so we actually had to do uh, it ourselves. I wanted to share that story uh, in this podcast episode, just because I feel like that's something that we deal with a lot where, um, you know, there's a a quote unquote right way to do it. And then there's the way that it has to get done. And it's nobody's fault. And I'll explain that in a second. But um, we were in a situation where we just we they the project ran out of money and so we had to do the very bare bones and so we were given ten thousand dollars to put all the avl in and be able to scrimmage or, or scrimmage is that the right word um scrabbage what's the word i'm looking for but you we're, we're you pillage that's not even the right word that's Sounds worse, um, but it seems more accurate. I just don't like the connotation of it. We went around the church and we found, you know, the, the things that we needed, and then we purchased the things and we tried to make our money go the furthest that it possibly could because ten thousand dollars for a complete AVL is is not a lot of money. And so I'm going to show that story here in just a second because I think it might be super helpful if you ever find yourself in a situation where you're needing to do some AVL and, and you're needing to do it on the cheap. Um, you know, this is kind of where we we spend our money and how we prioritize certain things. Um, and so I'll show that in a second. But the other reason why the last couple of weeks have been crazy and the reason why there is no episode of the podcast is I actually had an unexpected visit to the hospital. And somewhere in mid mid-July, the days are starting to kind of run together at this point. Uh, but somewhere mid-July, I uh, I started feeling sick, and I had like these gas pains that were were going on, and so this was like going into the weekend, and you know my family. This is a little bit TMI, but my family call it, jokingly called it I was fart broken, and so we're like, haha, you know, you just it happens. Well. I wake up on Sunday and I still, I don't feel great. I took a temperature because it's 2020 and that's what we do now as we take our temperature all the time. Didn't have a fever. I just didn't feel great. And and so made the call to make the rhythm electric player uh, bring his acoustic instead of his rhythm and move some things around. And they led worship. I, I stayed there for the rehearsal, made the changes that we needed to, sat through, run through just to make sure that everyone was good to go. And then I went back home. It's the first Sunday that I have missed in the seven plus years that I have been doing this that wasn't like a planned vacation. And so uh, that was kind of weird. But like, you know, so my wife starts giving me all these over-the-counter medications for constipation, and it's just not producing anything. And I'm telling you, it's a little bit, this, this story is a little bit TMI, but just hang with me. And so that was all through Sunday and Monday and the same thing. I was still not feeling, you know, 
back to my myself and I think that I'm constipated but I'm not producing anything and so anyway I take a nap Monday afternoon and I wake up and now I have a fever and my wife who's a nurse she's seen this enough times where it's like okay if you do in fact have blockage and now you have a fever that's bad news and that that she's like we're going to the ER and so Monday night uh, I went to the ER so I go in and you know they run through all the tests and they do all the things and obviously take scans and stuff like that and and so and it was super busy that night so I mean we were there from like six to eleven and you know they finally as, after running all the tests and doing all the things the doctor sits me down and says okay here's the thing the you're actually not constipated like our, the scans don't show that there's any blockage or anything in there and so the reason why I wasn't producing anything is because. There wasn't anything in there to produce. I just had some kind of a stomach bug, and I was also dehydrated. And so that was nothing that antibiotics and fluids couldn't fix. But then he said, but we found this thing on your scans, and we're going to admit you into the hospital. Uh, this is this is something that we are treating as cancer. And it's basically, it's it's something the size of a tennis ball that's kind of in my abdomen area that's brushing up against my left kidney. And it's also pinching off my left ureter, which is making it impossible for that left kidney to drain into the bladder, which means that my left kidney was actually in the process of shutting down. So uh, again, I went into the hospital for number two, and now they start talking about all this stuff about number one. Anyway, so there I am Monday night, and I'm in the hospital. And through the next couple of days, I was there for Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, so I was there for three days. Uh, I had a stent put in so that my ureter on the left side would start to drain properly. Basically, it's a little plastic straw that goes in there and, and kind of relieves some of that pressure. And then they also did a biopsy. Uh, to make you know to see what on earth we are dealing with, and so Mon or Wednesday they uh, they sent me home. Uh, I've met you know I, at this point I had met with an oncologist a couple of times, and he looked at it and he's like, "We're going to treat this with like cancer until we find out that it's not." And so you know I, that got me into the weekend. I missed another Sunday because I still didn't feel great. Uh, I was. You know, I felt like I was coming off of whatever crud, whatever stomach bug that I had. And then, you know, I got poked and prodded at the hospital. So I missed another Sunday. And my media pastor, who is a great team member, we work really, really well together. Um, he made it so where he was like, I, I got it. I, we kind of made some some minor tweaks to the set. He said, this is what I'm going to do. Are you okay with it? Kind of move some people around, did a little bit more of an acoustic set. And they did it, man. They pulled it off. Um, I have some amazing people on my team. And so it was neat to be able to like not have to worry about that. But this is now the second Sunday that I have missed um, in a row. And I've never missed a Sunday that wasn't a vacation. So that was still kind of weird. Um, anyway, so... The following week after that, which is actually the week that um, I'm just now coming out of this. I'm recording this on a Sunday night, but you're not going to hear it until Friday morning or wherever, you know, whenever you actually jump into this, into this podcast. So um, it's, it's August the 2nd for me, but uh, what is that? Third, five, seven, August the 7th, I guess is Friday. I think that's right. Anyway, um, I had my visit with my oncologist on Tuesday where they got the results of the biopsy and all that kind of stuff and um, found out that I have testicular cancer. 
Now, the crazy thing is, is that there doesn't seem to be at the moment any sign that the cancer is outside of this tennis ball looking thing that's in my abdomen area. I do have some tests later this week that'll actually be in the past when you hear this. And so there's some tests that I have to do in terms of like ultrasounds and bone scans and just to kind of confirm that in you know it is in fact only in this one particular area. Um, I also have to have a, a procedure done where you put in a port and a port is something, these, these are things I'm learning. Um, it kind of hangs out in your chest area and it is, um, it's kind of like an IV. It's a, it, they basically put this port in and that kind of gets into your veins and then that's what they use to uh, administer all the drugs and be able to do all the things that they need to do so that you're not like this human pin cushion. And so uh, you use that instead. So the same reason you get an IV is that everything can, once you have it in, then they can do all the things they need to do with fluids and whatnot. They're not sticking you all the time. A port is the same thing. And it's, it's, it's a very typical thing when you're, when you're dealing with cancer. So anyway, so I have been a roller coaster <laughs> of emotions and I've been to some pretty, I've been to some pretty dark places. Um, when you're laying there in, you know, in the middle of the night in a hospital room and my wife's not there because my wife could only be there during the day. And then at 7 PM, they had to send all visitors home because COVID, because that's what we're doing in 2020. And so, man, you really do go to some deep places and, you know, um, I'm not ashamed to say that there are moments where you're like, okay, do I really like all these things that I read about and I sing about, like, do I really believe this? Like, I wanted to. I frantically wanted to. But man, when you're when you're when you're faced with that, you know, okay, you could die from this. Like when that's like right smack dab in your face, man, it makes you re-question and reanalyze a lot of things. And so the the good news is, I think, is that I have for every dark place and every dark valley that I've been, um, I've come out of them. Um, I don't think on my own strength. I think uh, by the strength of God, by the strength of people that have been praying for me. Um, but it has been a roller coaster of an emotions. And you got to understand too that I I'm not I'm I know that no one's really a fan of hospitals and needles and things like that. But I'm really, really not a fan of hospitals and needles. Like when I when I realized that I had to go to the ER, like my biggest fear at the moment was I'm going to have to get an IV. And now I'll tell you that I got the IV and I was like, okay, that wasn't as bad as I thought. They had to stick me two more times to do some blood cultures. And I was like, okay, that wasn't as bad as I thought. I had to have two procedures. Um, and one, I don't even remember. And I was like, okay, both of those were not as bad as I thought. So, so far, all of these things that I feared weren't as bad as I thought. I'm not saying that they are awesome and incredible, but they were not as bad as I thought. And so, I don't know, I've kind of taken that into this, you know, it's like, okay, I'm going to start doing chemo and that's going to, you know, occupy my time for the next two, three months or so. What is that going to be like? And, you know, this week I got to get a port in and all that stuff. So, I don't know. Um, this is just kind of a brain dump of my emotions, and I'm not even going to edit this. Like, this is literally me just in my closet, which is how I do the podcast, by the way. I, I set up a microphone in my closet because there's all these clothes around me, and it sounds incredible in here. And so I'm just kind of brain dumping 
what I'm thinking. This is the raw, <laughs> this is, this is, this is as raw as it gets. And so anyway, um, I'm getting ready to start this journey. Um, it's had some good moments and some bad moments. It's probably, I would say in the last 24 hours, am I at least at a point where I can like wrap my head around this and start to be okay with it there, you know, when I got the diagnosis, uh, officially, you know, after the biopsy and all that, there was like, like I could talk about it cause it was this abstract thing. Like, Hey, I've got cancer. It's this thing that's just kind of out there looming. But then when a doctor would call me and say, okay, I need to reschedule this thing. And now we're talking about specific days and times and all that. Like I would freak out. I couldn't bring myself to put the uh, doctor appointments and all the treatments and all that stuff in the calendar. I put everything in the calendar. I calendar I calendar meetings with myself. I, I calendar everything. I just couldn't bring myself to do that just yet. I, I couldn't. But in the last 24 hours, I've, I've, I feel like I'm, I'm like, I'm not ready to like, man, let's go do this tomorrow. But I feel like I'm at least at a place where I'm beginning to be okay with it and accepting of it and say, okay, these things. And I'm, I don't even know if I'm as anxious about the cancer diagnosis as I am about the procedures that I have to do, that I have to go in for to get this port done. Um, and that's a surgery and, you know, and, and even the treatments and, you know, and the fact that they got to stick me for that and what are those treatments going to be like? And, you know, and then, you know, I don't even know how I'm going to do. I mean, um, am, am I going to be just completely miserable? I'm gonna, I can, am I going to be sick because of all this? I'm going to, how am I going to be able to function? You know, at what level am I going to be able to work some? I, I, these are things I don't know yet. And so... Um, anyway, it's been, I, I, I made it public on social media. You might've seen that, um, about a week or so ago. It was the same day that I got my diagnosis when I officially knew what we were dealing with is when I went public for it on, on, uh, on social media. I did it on my personal Facebook and I also did it on Instagram and it was really encouraging to see all the people that were praying for me and my family and I know that we as Christians say this a lot. It's like, oh man, I feel your prayers. Like I, I can honestly, tangibly say, especially like when I was in that hospital bed, um, man, I felt, I felt every single one of those prayers. And it was that like prayer is a thing. It is a thing, and it was encouraging. So anyway, um, if you want to, I'm not going to probably talk about this cancer stuff a lot on my social medias. Um, I think to some degree, like I, I think that people care, but I don't think they care at the level that I want to talk about it. And so what I've done is I've, I've set up on my, on my website on practicalworshipblog.com, I've set up uh, a blog that's specific to this. So if you go to practicalworshipblog.com slash cancer, then if you want to keep up with all the things, I'll probably keep it all there. I'll post here and there on social media just to kind of keep people up to speed, but I'm going to try not to just go crazy on that because that's, that can be a downer really fast. And there's a certain level that, that people, people want to care. So that is one reason why there's no episode today, like there's supposed to be, because I didn't expect to spend three days in a hospital and then deal with all of this stuff. And then we're kind of in this position where my chemo starts on August the 10th. 
and we're trying to get all of our ducks in a row as far as you know loose ends here at the house and there's various stuff that I need and just trying to get all that stuff together and so um, I don't know when I'm going to be able to pick up the podcast again again it really comes down to how do I feel and do I have the energy to do this I don't even know how much energy I'm going to be able to have for my normal job you know leading worship and and all that um, and so we'll see We'll see how things go, and I'll keep you abreast of that. Here's the other story that I wanted to share, and this one's a little bit more lighthearted. This is the other reason why there is no episode of the podcast, and it had to do with uh, we launched this new student center. Um, There was an area in our church. It used to be the gym. Before that, um, it was actually the old sanctuary. It was the old worship center. And so uh, we had some gracious donors in our church that donated a million dollars. And that allowed us to redo um, our nursery area and also our front entry. Like our church really didn't have like a formal entry. It had doors all over the place, but there really wasn't like a place. It's like, this is our front door. And so we fixed that. And then a majority of the monies went into taking this gym and turning it into this student center that had like a mezzanine at the top that you could do like Sunday school rooms and and all these different things and just setting that up. And so um, like these things go, um, we the project ran out of money. And, you know, like, for example, they, the, you know, the original plan was just to keep the same air conditioning system. You're thinking, okay, we're just going to... Um, reshuffle how this room is being used. We didn't add any square footage to the church, so why would you need to upgrade the uh, the air conditioners? Well, um, just based on the fact that we were adding this mezzanine, and now it kind of had a little bit of a second story, and there's going to be more people in it, all that, they decided, no, we actually do need to you know spend the money to get additional air conditioning for this space. So that's an extra cost that no one was planning on. And so at the end of it, you know, we were specking out, you know, complete AVL. Like this is a empty shell of a room that needed everything. And so the quotes that we were looking at was in like the seventy to eighty thousand uh, dollars range to be able to hang a PA, to be able to do projection and to do the lighting that we would need to do, you know, front lighting and, and all that kind of stuff. And so at the end of the project, they're like we're not sure, you know, we're going to be able to do that. Maybe we could do it for like 30,000. And then it just turned into, we have $0. We just, we just do at least at the moment. And not to say that there isn't some other areas that we want to do, but they, you know, they just said, look, uh, you're just going to have to take the equipment that you had in the old youth area and whatever else you can find and make it work. And that's not ideal, and it's not anyone's fault. Like, I don't want to get on here and say, well, you know, none of that stuff. It's just these projects do this, and so it's nobody's fault, but we are in this situation where we had planned on hiring out a company and doing all the things, and here we are finding ourselves scrambling to put, you know, the very basics of AVL into the space um, to make this to make this space usable for what we need to do on Wednesday nights and Sunday mornings for our student ministry. Now the old youth space had AVL in it. We had a sound system. We had um, some TVs and a projector, and we had some lighting. The problem was is that 
the space was significantly smaller. And so there are certain things that you just can't bring over to the new space. Like the projector, um, it's just a, like a simple $400 projector. And so in this big, huge space, think the size of, I mean, of a, of a full-on gym that's like two stories tall, that projector, like where are you going to hang it? What are you going to do? How how you gonna, That's not going to work. And so even a lot of the lighting that was just, you know, really cheap, Chinese fixtures, American DJ, that kind of stuff, it just wasn't going to fly. You know, even what we were using as front lighting, which was like these really simple park hands on some like, you know, DJ dimmer packs, where we needed to place them in the new space, you're not going to get the throw that you need. And so, um, you know, some of that stuff we weren't going to be able to use because the new space is significantly bigger. And so uh, because... We, you know, it, again, COVID and all that, we're not doing youth camp like we normally do. And we uh, aren't doing like a disciple now like we normally would in this year. So we were able to talk with our finance team and move some things around. And we kind of agreed on, okay, we have $10,000 to make this, to make this space usable. Like, and so we're going to, we're going to pillage where we need to pillage. There's that word again. Is that the word I really want to use? Um ransacked that's not it i don't know what the word is that i'm looking for um uh, piecemeal i we, we you know we got equipment around the church there's things that we've had in storage and things that we that we use there's stuff from the old youth area and then the things that we didn't have that we needed to make it work we had up to ten thousand dollars to spend on the project i want to walk you through that because i think that that might be super helpful for like how 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 we got the most hopefully got the most bang for a buck so on the audio side we had these jbl speakers um, these powered speakers that were pretty decent and they're huge, uh, but they're good. We have these mismatched uh, subwoofers. One's an old Mackie subwoofer. The other one is a brand I've never heard of called B52. And they're both subs are kind of on their way out, but they, they fill enough of the space of the room where you can kind of get some punch or whatever. So from a PA standpoint, we were able to use that, and that's going to fill the room. Uh, but we didn't have an audio mixer. The, mi- the mixer that we had upstairs was an old Behringer that was completely broken. Get this. So when when I when we first when I first you know was kind of playing with this, it the, the mixer acted like the left channel had the, this high pass filter on it. And the right channel had this low pass filter on it. That's how it acted. Like you could even see it in the metering. Like if like if music was playing and it was real bass heavy, that the right side would like really kick up. If it was real, you know, a lot of high end, it would it would kick up on the left side. And I like I thought this was a feature. Like there's a button on there somewhere that allows you to turn this from left to right to like mains and sub, and it has some kind of crossover in it. I mean, I frantically looked all over and looked at downloaded manuals and everything, and it's like, no, 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 it's just broken. It's just broken. And so, and there's other channels on it that were bad and everything. So we're like, okay, this mixer is not gonna work. And so we spent twelve hundred dollars and we got the X32 rack. And so uh, it's, it doesn't have any faders on it. It's literally, literally just a rack module that you have, and then you control it with an iPad. But for a youth room, it actually works out a lot better than I imagined. One of the problems that it solves is if you have a mixer in the back of the room, we weren't ready. We weren't planning on running an analog snake down through the conduit. We were planning on running a, uh, a Cat5 cable and then having, you know, we were going to run like a CL1 
uh, and then have like a Rio or a Teal box on the stage that everything would plug into. And then you run a Cat5 cable underneath uh, the floor, and that's how you connect it. Well, we couldn't afford that. And so we literally had just the $1,200 for the rack. And so the rack sits on the stage and everything can plug into it. And we're not having to run a uh, you know, any cables. The only cables we ran is from ProPresenter, which is in the back of the room. And then those that, that stereo cable, those stereo cables come all the way down to the front. And, and, and so other than that, everything is on the stage, even like the wireless microphone receivers and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, for a youth room where, you know, once you kind of dial in the kick drum and the snare drum and the EQ on on the lead vocal and all that kind of stuff, you really just want the students messing with the DCAs. And you just kind of have it in groups and say, okay, once it's kind of in, in the vein, you just, you know, you tell them, here's your DCA page. This one is for the drums. Here's one the one for the guitar and the rest of the band and the keys. And here's the one for uh, for the speaker. And here's the per presenter. And so it actually works out way better than I thought. Um, like, so, like, even, you know, if and when we ever get to do it, quote unquote, the correct way, I don't know if I want to do something different. I'd like to hang an honest to goodness PA in there, but the X32 uh, allowed us to have some freedom that I didn't expect. And we got it set up with you know all the aux ends. And, and so we already had a, uh, a headphone amp, like an eight channel headphone amp. And so we were able to configure it where it's got four mono sends and four stereo sends for in-ear monitor mixes that you can pull up on your phone and control on your phone. And so for a youth room, um, it was, you know, we brought a band in uh, just recently. They were the ones that kind of kicked, you know, that basically broke it all in. And to be able to have this, you know, five, six, seven piece pan, band up there, and they all had their, their modern mixes, and some of them had stereo, and they could control it on their phone. Like, that actually turned out to be really, really good. So that's how we did audio. Video, uh, we obviously didn't have any money to spend on projection because 10000 isn't even going to cover the projector that you need to run in a space like that. And so we had the idea to instead go to Sam's and get three 75-inch television screens, Samsung smart TVs. And we spent just under $3,000 getting these screens. And what we did is we mounted them to the brick wall and we kind of did them in a row. And we already had our hands on a triple head to go. And so coming out of ProPresenter, it goes to the triple head to go. And then it treats those screens as one big long screen. And we kind of put some space uh, in between the screens so they're not butted up all together. But it kind of makes this really nice expanse of, of a screen. And the words kind of go on the middle screen. And again, it's another one of those situations where I, like now that I see it in the room, I think I like that better than projection. It actually turned out better than than I thought it would. And so we needed to spend some money on some some Cat5 balance that would take the HDMI signal and convert that to Cat5 so that we could run that under the floor and then and then convert it back to um, you know to an HDMI signal to run to those televisions. And so we had to spend a little bit extra money there, but um, that worked out really really good. We already had a confidence monitor from upstairs in the other youth area, so we hung that for our confidence monitor. Already had an iMac that was running ProPresenter. We upgraded it from ProPresenter Pro Six to ProPresenter Seven, and um, and so yeah, it that works out 
really, really well. And the final thing we did is lighting. Uh, we spent about um, $3,200 on some Chave in their DJ series, some Chave LED uh, Lico's ellipsoidal lights that would kind of create a little bit of a, of a front wash. And we actually wound up in this. We thought we'd need four. Turns out we only need two. And so we used two for that. And then we're using the other two to kind of light up the, uh, uh, you know, the, where the, where the kids sit, because there's really not like there's, there's lighting in there, but it's like, it's either on or it's off. And so having kind of more of a dim, dimmable thing, we, we've been using the Lico's for that. We might actually, uh, return those and get some park hands and mount those from the ceiling and kind of shoot them down a little bit. Um, but, um, we also have these, uh, Chave color bands. And if you've ever seen the video where we had on the main stage, we had the little styrofoam balls where it kind of looks like an led panel. And it's just these panels of these little circular dots. Um, we were supposed to move that set. Once we pulled it out of the main room, we were going to use it down in the youth area. That was always the plan. Uh, well, once we hung the TVs and everything else, we're like, well, this isn't going to work. And so uh, we're going to donate or, you know, you know, sell on the cheap to another church that set design. If you are curious in near the Oklahoma City area and you'd like to get your hands on that, contact me. Um, go to practicalworshipblog.com, hit the contact page and let me know because we'll probably be putting that up on Facebook here pretty soon. But we had all those color bars that we used to, uh, to light that. We got a couple more. And so we put four color bars on the stage area that shoot up on the brick wall because the brick has this really cool texture to it and it shoots up the brick wall and it actually shoots color behind the television so now the tvs have whatever color is on the background it's got that aesthetic to it but then you also have this lighting that's behind it that is lighting up that entire wall that kind of makes it bigger and the thing about lighting is that if you can ever do like an up lighting situation where it's now lighting up on the ceiling and the ceiling is kind of splashing light and bouncing it back into the room, it's going to make things feel very tall and very large. And then on the side walls, we have the way the room is, is we have these just really big white walls. And so we got six more of the color bands and put three on one wall and three on the other wall and shut and shoot them up on the side walls uh, where again, it's, it's making those white walls a little bit more interesting with some color. And then again, those shoot up and you know, th there's light that's bouncing off the walls. There's lights that are bouncing off the ceiling and all that light admits into the room and kind of creates this nice lush wash. And so that is how we did AVL for about 10. It actually turned out we, our budget was $10,000. Um, but we actually spent about $8,500 when all was said and done. When you take those large purchases of the X32 rack and the Lecos and the televisions and then all the you know extra things as far as cabling and balance and TV mounts and all the extra things that you need to be able to pull together. And so it was pretty encouraging to know that, okay, there we can't do it the quote-unquote correct way, but... For for the money that we spent, uh, we made the room very, very usable. And in some cases, I like some of these decisions better than what we originally planning on doing. And 
feel like we find ourselves in that situation a lot where it's like, you know, we would love to be able to spend X amount of dollars, you know, to do it a certain way. And our, and our church leadership would love to be able to give that money to us. It's just not, you know, it's just not a thing. And so anyway, hopefully that's helpful. Um, I, I'm not sure how to end this. Um, I kind of started all this because I want to tell you why there wasn't an episode. Um, I had plans. Um, I knew who I was going to talk to and, and all that. And so I still have some plans and we'll, we'll figure that out down the road. But in the meantime, um, I don't know if there'll be a September episode or not. I'll try to. Um, I do have a few YouTube videos in the can. Um, the one that just came out um, this uh, last Tuesday was what to do if you all of a sudden on a Saturday night, Sunday morning, find out that your bass player is not going to make it and you have to make some adjustments. What do you do? We did a similar video about a month ago about if your drummer cancels on you how can you change things and i want to make this a series and so we'll talk about electric guitar if that person cancels and also your piano player Uh, because that happens from time to time and i feel like it's helpful for us to know like when a particular member of the band uh, has to cancel uh the adjustments you know and there's no there's no time to get a new person in that place and the learning material and all that kind of stuff um you know what do you do to make the adjustments to make sunday happen and so that video just hit and then this video that's coming up here next tuesday uh, is uh, a, with a good friend of mine named Todd Elliott, who used to be the technical director at Willow Creek in the Chicago area and now runs a conference called Philo. Went to that conference last year, made a video about that. And uh, this is a conference that's specifically for those that do production in the local church. And the video, um, it's the reason we did the video is because he's got a new book that's coming out called I Love Jesus, But I Hate Christmas. And the whole premise of the book is you know, where that title comes from is, you know, if you've ever done production in the local church, and you're used to doing like the big, huge productions at Christmas that take all these extra time and you're you're away from family and all this, it can make you hate Christmas because uh, it's just so draining. Uh, And so it's a little tongue-in-cheek, the title is. He doesn't really hate Christmas. But uh, one of the main aspects we talk about, uh, he talks about the book is this idea of seeing your tech people and your production people, those that are running sound and lights and all that, as artists. That the artists, that term is not limited to the people that are on this stage. And so we had a great conversation about that. And that video is coming up on Tuesday. And then probably the next Tuesday after that, I've been kind of um, shooting videos here and there of just as I've been going through all this cancer stuff. And I'll probably do like a, a, like a vlog style video about this diagnosis and kind of where I'm at and all that kind of stuff. And so Again, on the once that's done on the YouTube channel, I'm not sure when I can get back to it. I want to get another. I want to get a round. Uh, a round of chemo is three weeks. I want to get a. Um, I want to get a round uh, under my belt and just see how I do with it before I start making plans as far as YouTube and podcasting and all that. I definitely want to get back to it, but I need to figure out, can I even do my primary job before I start getting into this little side hustle thing, side hustle thing that I enjoy doing. So um, if you are one of the people that have reached out and said that you're praying for my family, um, I really do appreciate that. And that's one of the reasons why I've kind of been public about this on social media. I'll eventually be there on YouTube. Um, I've done that here on the podcast is that we've kind of created this neat uh, community. And, you know, you're here because hopefully these 
podcast episodes and YouTube videos and all that kind of stuff helps your ministry. You know, we might have even been, you know, uh, we might have exchanged some emails or uh, some DMs or, or text messages or whatever. And so I'm honored to have fingerprints in your ministry and to be able to help in that regard. Uh, in this community, I'm kind of telling you what I'm going through and what I need and maybe some specific ways you can pray for me and my family. And so it's just a way to kind of keep that community going. So hopefully um, I'll see you in the near future, whenever that is, I appreciate you listening to this, and hopefully um, it helps you to kind of know where I'm at and is even kind of helpful in, in some regards and however you are leading your ministries. And if you want to connect with me more, um, uh, you can find me on all the socials. I'm there at Dave Dolphin OK. So again, thanks for listening. This is normally where I would say, and let's do this again next month. Let's, um, let's do this really soon. Let's say that.